tee up for a great time and chip in for an even greater cause by joining us for our annual Fetch the Ball Golf Tournament on Monday, August 30th at Woodcrest Country Club in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. This annual event benefits Freedom Service Dogs of America and is presented by Annie Mac Home Mortgage in partnership with the Panabianco Family Foundation. All proceeds from this event will go towards providing service dogs to military veterans in need, and attendees will enjoy a full day of fun on the golf course, dinner, awards, silent auctions, and lots more, all while supporting those who've sacrificed so much for our country. Additionally, this year, the Panabianco Family Foundation has agreed to match up to $10,000 of any single donation. So what are you waiting for? If you're interested in attending, sponsoring, or donating, please visit www.fetchtheballcharity.com for more information. That's www.fetchtheballcharity.com. Are you looking to buy your first home or refinance your existing loan? Even if you've done this before, the process can be a little intimidating. But don't worry, we've got your back. In each episode, we'll chat with industry experts and explain everything you need to know so that you can land the perfect loan for you with no problems, no issues, and no stress. Welcome to A Beginner's Guide to Mortgages, presented by Annie Mac Home Mortgage. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to A Beginner's Guide to Mortgages, presented by Annie Mac Home Mortgage. Of course, I am Jerry Strauss, and this is the place for all of you, rookie home buyers, uh, experienced home buyers, everyone who has questions about the ever-changing real estate and mortgage worlds, uh, to come and get those questions answered. That's what we do. I know I've always got a lot of questions, and uh, what I'm good at is bringing people who know what they're talking about onto the show to answer them. And we're doing it again this week. Um, one of the biggest questions, one of the biggest frustrations, I think, that many of us know and hear, um, even if we're not related to these industries, just from family and friends who are looking for a home, is what happens when you simply can't find what you're looking for, for whatever reason. Um, either it's not out there, or you're putting down offers, they're not getting accepted. Uh, a lot to a lot to talk about and unpack here, and we've got just the team to do it, of course. Uh, we are talking to Dave and Kim Coyle. They are real estate housing market experts, um, and they're very successful at doing what they do. They've been uh, buying and selling properties like wildfire, and uh, they know many a thing about the topic this week. Kim, uh, Dave, how, how are you doing this week? You're doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us in. Yeah, it's good to see you, Jerry. Good to see you guys too, um, and uh, especially good to see you because I know that you guys are going to be especially uh, enlightening, illuminating with this topic. Uh, we already had a past episode. If you guys want to go back to the archives, we talked about what you need to do if you have your eye on a specific home, how to put yourself ahead of the pack in order to get your offer accepted to get to the top of that list. But for a lot of people, I think it's beyond that. It's really the issue of, you know, I've put down a few offers for a few homes maybe, and it hasn't worked out. Um, I'm looking for something specific in my mind, a certain number of bedrooms, a certain type of yard, a certain type of basement, whatever the case may be. And it's just not out there or it's not in my price range. Um, this may just not happen for me. 
is that something that you guys just being kind of out there in the world and being out there, you know, buying and selling properties, do you hear a lot of that frustration? Oh, all the time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have um, friends that are in the process, even Dave's sister's in the process of um, buying a house right now. And, you know, the average house is getting, you know, 25, 30 offers. So just to compete in that market and try to win a bid is is, uh, extremely challenging right now. And a lot of the offers are up to 20% over the asking price. Absolutely. Yeah. We've talked about it on the show before. You know, I went through my search, my process, uh, not too long ago, about a year ago at this point. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I can almost liken it to a job search. I can almost liken it to being out in the dating world. Like you hit this wall where there's a point where you go, maybe there's not really the fit for me that I'm looking for. Maybe this isn't going to happen. And, you always get that person who's going to say, it's all going to work out. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, keep your head up. Things are going to be fine and it's going to work out. I don't think a lot of people are wired that way. I'm not wired that way. Like I need to have some sort of an idea of how to make that happen in order to feel good about myself. So these are the kinds of things that we're going to pick your brain about this week, because I, I mean, just the broad question when you're out there, you can't find what you're looking for. What are some of those broad strokes that you can take to open things up for yourself again? So I think there's a lot of um, great creative strategies for finding houses that are not on the market yet, um, which is when we're helping friends or family, we're, um, you know, we're helping them with those strategies. And I think one of the most powerful is using Facebook Marketplace. I don't know if you've discussed this in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, no. But Facebook Marketplace, like if you know you want to move, for example, to Charleston, South Carolina, you're looking for a house in that area, connecting into those Facebook Marketplaces for Charleston, the buy sell groups for Charleston, and then, you know, writing a post, say, listen, my husband and I were looking to buy a a house in this specific, um, you know, school district. Uh, It's very good to be specific about what you want. Like we're looking for an off a property that hasn't been listed yet. you know, three bedrooms, two baths, we would love a garage and a fenced in yard would be a bonus. Like, I think the more specific you can be because you'll have a lot of people um, responding to your ad that are thinking about selling, who haven't listed yet, and you just want to be as specific as possible. I think it's really important in that ad too to mention, I'm not looking for a real estate agent. I'm either working with a real estate agent or I'm looking for an off-market um, property because otherwise, as awesome as you know, they are, you're going to get a lot of real estate agents that are responding to your, to your ad. But I think one of the most creative ways, it's, it's the way my mom found her, we helped my mom find her house was, was posting in the, um, the Facebook marketplace. That's a really great idea. Just as a, as a brainstorm popped in my mind right now, while you're talking, you know, I noticed that in Facebook, there's a lot of groups that are kind of you know, just representing different areas, different towns, different cities. My town has like three different Facebook groups. Yeah. Um, what about posting in groups like that as well? Hey, I'm looking for a place to. Yep. You know. Those are the ones. Yeah. Online yard sales. And just like she said, we, we I guess we kind of come from uh, start with the end in mind. So we like to be intentional about like, you know, just like they would do if they were working with a realtor, they might say, Hey, what are your must haves and what are your nice to haves? And, and like kind of the law of attraction brings it to you. I'm looking for, you know, a ranch house. I'm looking for this, that, three bedroom, like she said. And then putting it, conveying that to the um, the Facebook marketplace and where you're posting in the online yard sales. And 
just I like to even throw out the uh, maybe even um, willing to pay a referral fee if uh, I find the right house, uh, mm. something you know, small, a couple hundred dollars, or just be general or referral fees in general to uh, just get the person who might not go out of their way, but knows of the neighbor. And now they would tell you about the neighbor because they're going to get a couple hundred bucks out of it. Right. But yeah, you're right on the money. Anything relating, any Facebook group relating to the town or city you want to move to, that's the perfect place to post. And you will, you'll definitely get responses. That's great. That's a, that's a really great idea. Is there any other, um, is there any other social media outlet that you've found helpful in, in searching for those hidden homes besides or beyond Facebook? So we haven't personally, I haven't figured out how to, um, how to really um, capitalize on Instagram yet, but so far, I mean, the Facebook uh, marketplaces have been the most powerful. Sure. And I think even putting, uh, if some people go as far as you know, putting a picture of, you know, your family, I have two kids, you know, it, it, especially if somebody were, you know, a neighborhood's changing over, uh, they might think, okay, hey, yeah, we want to, we would love a young family to move in next door. They would, if they saw that and you have kids their age, they might say, hey, I'm, they might be more apt to say, hey, you check out my neighbor's house. I know he recently passed, but here's the daughter's information or something. You know, somebody might surprise you. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Now, you know, we talk about goals and sometimes people's goals are attached to exactly where they want to live. Sometimes it's just the size of the house or the features of the house. Sometimes it's, you know, budget is you know, typically a big factor to that as well. One thing that was suggested to me, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. Um, you know, early on, someone said, well, hey, if you know you need this many bedrooms and you know you need this much space, um, you may not be finding a one-family house in your budget right now, but what about considering a two-family house and then renting out the other side Absolutely. and then maybe the budget thing works out that way or, or does even better for you? I feel that's not necessarily as easy of a decision as, as some may make it seem to appear. A lot of responsibility there. But have you seen a lot of that? Or is that sort of a, something you would suggest to look into? I love it as a strategy. And here's why, just from where my mindset comes from as an investor. Um, but even as a first-time homebuyer, I think everybody should have a rental property. And the way that the mortgages are written, they'll fund and finance up to four units if you live in one of the units as a primary residence. Mm. So two, three duplexes, triplexes, and quadruplexes all could be considered primary residence. You live there, you get great financing rates. You live there for however period of time. And then you decide, hey, I outgrew this place. And then you go and move out to whatever home is next for you in a couple of years. And then that property, and then you rent backfill that one unit, and now you have great financing, and then you have four income streams coming in on that. That's a great idea. It's actually, um, and right now, you could really capitalize on that for the simple fact that there are a lot of um, landlords that are feeling frustrated with the, um, the eviction ban by the CDC. So there are a lot of landlords that are looking to get rid of properties just like that, duplexes, triplexes, um, quadruplexes. So it's a great strategy for right now, for sure. Hmm. That's really interesting. Do you think that, do you think that, um, you know, I, I, I remember, 
one of my longtime friends at one point. He had moved out of a condo he had owned. He turned it into a rental property. He enlisted a property management company to essentially handle everything for him because uh, he had moved out of state. He wasn't even local anymore. Do you think that financially, from a budgetary perspective, for those who don't want to be super hands-on in that process and might be intimidated by that, is that kind of a direction that people can go and make it work out for them? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I mean, it just depends on somebody's, you know, appetite for if someone's more of a handyman and they want to say, hey, you know, for the other units, you know, knock on my door if you need anything. And other people are like, nope, I just I basically almost want to be treated like a tenant. I am in my unit and here's the property manager's information for yeah. the other three and they manage everything for you. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that either. It just depends on the, the buyer themselves and, and what works for them. So just going back to that idea, I think it's so great. Like a good strategy for finding properties like that is um, actually going in to Craigslist and looking for the um, for rent by owner, um, mm. FRBOs in Craigslist. And then that's going to give you a good idea of those, uh, those landlords who probably have a little bit of a headache right now because they've got open space. <laughs> um, so it's a, a good place to start. Yeah, and I guess I'll piggybacking on that, uh, you might they might might not be willing to sell just yet, and the buyer might not be in a position where it, it might be a little bit too much house for them, so to speak. What they can afford to buy versus rent is, are two different conversations. So if they find a house that's maybe a little bit out of their price range, but you work something out with the the seller to start as a rental, and then maybe some kind of rent to own kind of situation can evolve from that. Um, just trying to think of a lot of different out of the box strategies. How often do you guys come across the idea, you know, even in your own personal buying and selling exploits of, uh, fixer uppers and like how far down into that hole do, do you think people should consider like how much fixer fixing upping fix fixing up <laughs> do you think is is uh something that rationally they, they should undertake in order to get to where they want to be uh, i mean number one probably so in us for for us to buy a house we're not paying retail we we buy at a discount and we buy at a discount for two reasons we need to be able to add value and we add value by either the condition or the timing of you know when we buy properties how fast we buy them. Some people, because the, a foreclosure might be coming, they might need to do something quicker than waiting for a retail buyer to come in with 30 to 40 days of financing. So um, I would say- For uh, the average buyer. Yeah, for the average buyer, um, they probably would wanna look for uh, things and, and talking to their, having a great mortgage person is your best friend. Number one, to make sure they stay on track, um, they're, they're, they're productive and they can move things through the process without, you know, delays because that's the last thing a seller wants, especially in this market. But, uh, the, the mortgage person can tell them, Hey, you know what? Like I found a house that has, uh, that's, that's this, it's a great house. And I'd love to put my finishing touches on it, but it doesn't even have a kitchen. So yeah. it, it kind of knocks you out of 90% of the loan programs that are out there because you need to have a stove. You'd have like a bathroom, kitchen, things like that, because the bank's thinking on it is that if Jerry doesn't pay, I'm going to get this back. We don't want it back without a kitchen. Yeah. So that's uh, typically like some, there's some basic fundamentals that the mortgage officer can, um, loan officer can 
guide you on of what you need to have. Like flooring is one of them. Can't be like just plywood floors. Um, but if there is that person that really wanted to take on a project that was, man, it's a grandmother special that we like to call it. It's from the 50s um, where it's even down to the studs. There's a program from FHA called 203K that the mortgage loan officers have access to. And it's basically mm -hmm. a construction loan. It's like, okay, I'm buying the house for 200 grand and the scope of work that was approved by FHA and your licensed contractors come in and say it's going to be another 100 grand. They'll give you that on draws and then they'll just, you know, they'll work it out at the end. Okay, you do your construction project, you come in at the end and then they just, at the end of, you owe 300 grand. And they make you start making the payments, you know, on that. But there are options out there for the, the seller or the buyer that needs to think a little bit more outside of the box because they're not finding what they want, or they're a little bit handy or willing to deal with the process. Yeah, yeah, we definitely, you know, with Annie Mac, we we kind of have a saying that's that we throw around a little bit. If you can't find your dream house, why not build it or sure. <laughs> renovate it up to to that standard? Um, what uh, what are some other ways? I mean, what are some other sort of out of the box things that you've seen or heard or that you guys have done? Um, you know, when you're not finding exactly what you're looking for, maybe some 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 compromises that you've that you've made, like we said, to maybe not be able to buy, like we said, with a rental property. You're not buying in the price that you're looking for, but in the end, it's going to turn out to be. Um, a fit for your budget based on the revenue you'll have coming in. What are some other ways that you can get creative and still be happy in the end once you sign those papers? Um, yeah, so I, I, another strategy that we've used to kind of be creative and, and find houses outside of the box is, uh, you know, identifying neighborhoods. Um, we've actually uh, found a house last summer this way just by walking through a neighborhood with flyers, just saying, hey, you know, we're a family, we're um, really committed to being into the school district by September. Um, here's what we're looking for. If you're looking to sell, we would love to connect with you. Um, I think in that letter, you need to make sure and let people know that you're gonna, you're, you're gonna give a full market value offer because a lot of times people see that stuff and they think real estate investors and, um, but I think it's, it's good if people know they can sell without a realtor, they're gonna get a full market value offer. They're not gonna have to deal with the listing process. Um, it's, it's been a, a successful strategy in our, um, you know, that we've used. Hmm. And piggybacking on the picture, you know, of your family, um, we're looking to move into this development, you know, this is who's moving in. We're not an investor. We're not trying to sell and make money or whatever it looks like. We're, we're here for us kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh it's interesting you guys say that because that's, it's a similar thing we talked about when we did talk about making an offer on a specific house and setting yourself apart from the other people making bids is trying to create an image of yourself as a real person or a real family or, you know, something that the, the seller can connect with. Absolutely. Um, so that's really great. Uh, what else? I mean, do you think as far as location, um, is there anything that people can look toward to say, well, maybe I'm not quite exactly as close to where I work as I was targeting, but any anything meant that, that can kind of get them over the mental gap of that and say, you know what, maybe this will work out anyway, like, like incorporating mass transportation or 
Like, do you, do you see people kind of gravitating towards those compromises as well? I think um, now more than ever, uh, people are realizing that they can work from anywhere. So I mean, I'm definitely seeing that as less of a barrier um, mm. than we've seen in the past. But um, I, I mean, I don't. We don't have a lot of experience with that. I'm just knowing that right now, location is not such a barrier because people are willing to live in different areas that might be further away from, you know, work or school because of the the current climate. Yeah. Well. That's an interesting point because the the priorities system has certainly changed a lot over the, the last few years, but it, it always is changing. People are always looking for something different. What what do you guys see as sort of the priorities that have grown for people over the past or, or for yourselves over the last few years? I think more than ever, people are spending more time at their homes or yeah. even second homes. Um people are really looking to have that space developed out. They're looking for it to be a sanctuary. So um, a lot of people really do want to buy finished houses right now, especially the younger generation. They just want to, they want to get their mortgage. They want to uh, move into like a beautiful, you know, already done house. Um, mm. You know, so we're seeing that people are really, really wanting to buy finished upgraded houses right now. Yeah. The, the lifestyle and the, you know, just be able to, be out on your back deck or hot tub or pool and, you know, just to, to have those uh, outdoor spaces as well is really, I think, important to people. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Does that, do you think that creates opportunity to go back to the well for, you know, again, like what we've talked about before, like a, a fixer up or a renovation project because less people are headed in that direction. So is that where the better value is at this point? That's where the opportunity is for sure. Yeah. If you're willing to put your, you know, put some work in, I mean, and the value it creates for just life, like having built in equity in the house. And um, I mean, yeah, it's definitely the way to go. If, if you can stomach it, if you can figure out how to get a great contractor, you can figure out how to pay for lumber right now. <laughs> construction supplies. Uh, yeah. Cool. So we've covered a lot of ground here and I thank you guys. Um, I want to go back to something that I mentioned earlier, just to just to kind of finish things off. I think is, uh, you know, somebody comes to you. You mentioned family, friends, somebody who's in a frustrating search for a home, and they say, "I, I don't know if I'm going to find what I want. I don't know what to do. I, I don't want." Again, I, I don't want to give them that advice of just don't worry, it'll all work out what kind of more practical advice would you guys give them to not only continue the search, but just to get them in a place where they feel confident and optimistic again? Right now, um, Jamie discussed like the best ways to win a bid right now. Yeah, I actually um, wrote a blog about this, uh, a couple of page blog on how to be competitive because it is competitive. And uh, right now, just, I think that a couple of things are, when you're when you're in that situation, so we always obviously covered the off market kind of stuff where we're you know there's no competition, which is the right. area that we play in, which is you know a different scenario than the on market realtor listed, and now there's 50 showings and 25 bids, and how are you going to win that? How are you going to edge people out? Now there's there's a um, again I love the and I I've, I've actually you know I like it when when I'm selling a house when a, a realtor will um, present 
you know, a, a, like a, a letter from the buyer or whatever. Um, there's some talk whether it's a fair housing violation, whether the realtor does it or not. But um, I think that personal touch, um, the kind of like, hey, you know, uh, we can see our kids growing up here. I, it was always like connected with me. Um, but as far as uh, the, the realtors are going to be your, your best friends, right? So having a, a rock star realtor that is able to connect with the listing agent and, you know, ask questions like what's important to the seller? Is it time? It's not, it, it, a lot of times they say money and it's not usually the money. Um, I like to say, you know, when they walked the house and they saw like military uh memorabilia and stuff like that. Maybe there's somebody that was in your family that was in, maybe your dad was in the service. Maybe there's something you can connect with them on, um, you know, legitimately, honestly about it. Right. Um, and, you know, see if there's something that, because uh, maybe that seller would turn down and I've seen it happen, turn down more money for a family that they know was going to another military family, um, whatever that might look like. So looking for um, creative ways, I've seen people, uh, Offer, this is funny, but you've got to think outside the box, especially right now, offer a, a taco truck on the moving day for the sellers, uh, for their, their moving, for the movers and the family where, you know, to, that we're going to have a taco truck show up when, for three hours during moving day, you know, so <laughs> being, thinking outside the box and being unique is what's going to get people to, you know, come your direction. If you look the same on paper, um, you know, it's going to be hard to stand out. How do you make the bids look different on paper? Like for the people that are money motivated, because a lot of people do want the most money for their house. Yeah. That's I, the truth. And the, so on that standpoint, from just the, the bids looking different on paper, um, you know, I would come with your highest and best, put your escalation clause if you, uh, if they'll allow you to do that up until what you're willing to pay. And that'll step up um, the, the bid. Um, you can put, you can waive contingencies if you, uh, you know, are willing to risk, you know, take that risk out of there of like a home sale contingency appraisal um, and just uh, make sure your, your mortgages or, or your pre-approvals are done by, you know, legitimate people that like the, the realtors know who is a, a legitimate uh, kind of thing. So they don't have any questions about the financing, I would say. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure things are tight and uh, that you look the strongest on paper as you can. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you guys um, so much for, a lot to think about. And I think hopefully something that will kind of at least bolster the uh, the attitudes of people who are kind of hitting that wall a little bit after searching for a few weeks or a few months or, <laughs> or maybe even longer. Um, there is hope out there and there is strategy out there that you can use to, to create that hope and to create those opportunities for yourself. So you guys are living proof. You guys are doing it um, with all of your, uh, your endeavors and um, where would you want people, I mean, I, I think people would love to continue to, for lack of a better term, just suck the knowledge right out of you guys. Uh, where, where, where can people follow you, find you and, uh, everything that you're putting out to the world? We are on, um, Facebook at property buyer, uh, today. Um, and we actually post our blogs directly to that Facebook page. So we actually give a lot of great information as far as winning bids, um, a lot of their strategies, the off-market strategies, we uh, post those on, on there as well, so. Excellent. Well, everyone check them out. Kim and Dave Coyle, thank you so much again for joining us here on the show. Um, and thank everyone else. 
for uh, checking us out for another episode of a Beginner's Guide to Mortgages. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Thanks guys. Jerry. Thanks, Jerry.